going on there. Uh, they finally wrapped up their 2023 salmon stocking. Yes, that's right, 2023. These fish were supposed to be stocked back in December, but because of all the rain, we had 17 inches of rain between Christmas and now, which made it impossible for them to stock until this week. So, in the Naugatuck River, they put in 60 salmon between 10 and 15 pounds. Those are big fish. Uh, some of them are in the Beacon Falls section, and the others are in the Campville section, and they will be stocking some parts of the Chetucket River sometime in the next week or so, so you can look for that as well. In addition, they stocked uh, six ponds with Seafer Island brown trout this week. I got the list right here, just give me a second. Uh, they did Cedar Lake, East Twin Lake, Mashapog Lake, Crystal Lake, Black Pond, and Squans Pond. They didn't give any numbers or sizes, but these are three plus year old fish, so you know that they're on the larger size, probably four or five pounds or better. Um, and these fisheries, you know, are these stocked fisheries really uh, do a lot to get people outside fishing in the wintertime. So I really love to see that. And, um, you know, in the case of the salmon, a 10 to 15 pound salmon, that's a significant fish and would be something I think you'd remember for the rest of your life. So very, very cool things going on there. The other thing, of course, is the giveaway. Um, and that's ongoing. I'm going to wrap this one up on April 24th. And I finally decided what we're going to give away. I got these up on the screen here. Um, I'm building these. This is called a Connecticut Yankee Dual Action Swimmer. These were made back in like the 50s and 60s. And as far as I know, I haven't seen anybody else make them since then. Um, and uh, decided to do something cool. So, uh, you know, whoever wins this thing is definitely going to be the only person fishing with those things in the area. So, who knows? Maybe it'll be a secret weapon for somebody. But you guys know the drill by now. You just got to take a picture of you holding your fish and send it to me at deandersonatthefisherman.com or text it to the number on the screen. And the only stipulations are, again, that it has to be recently caught and it has to show you with your fish. Uh, so, get those into me and uh, you got a while to get them in. But uh, by then, we'll see who wins. And now we'll move over to the reports. We'll start things off with the freshwater synopsis. A little bit of a tough week collecting reports. A lot of what I was hearing was coming from west and east, uh, west and east, west and north uh, from ice fishermen. So, you know, ice fishermen are a different breed. They, uh, you know, when there's, when there's safe ice, I feel like they just put their lives on hold and, uh, and just go fishing, which is great. Uh, kind of reminds me of surf fishermen in that way. But um, So these guys have been traveling north, and they've been doing very well. I heard from Will Walker from 401 Plugs. He went up all the way to Champlain, and they had a great weekend. They got a bunch of pike up to 38 inches. They jigged up a bunch of nice perch. And uh, overall, he said, you know, between them and then the people around them, the fishing was very, very good, and uh, lots of nice pike coming to the ice up there. So that's one thing that we're hearing about. Down inside Massachusetts, uh, out in the western part of the state, saw some really nice largemouth come through the ice over the last week. Also saw a couple big pike come through the ice over the last week. And then, you know, you get, you know, all along the northern border of Massachusetts and, of course, crossing up into the uh, northern states there, uh, there's, there's walkable ice in most areas, especially if you get into these valley ponds. So you can find pretty good fishing out there. Um, and... Pretty much everyone I talk to that goes out on the ice says that the fishing has been really good this year. So uh, maybe it's just the fact that you know we haven't had safe ice until more recently. I don't know, but the uh, the bite overall has been very good for ice fishermen. You get down toward coastal areas, you know, from Massachusetts, Rhode Island, and Connecticut, uh, you're not seeing any safe ice there, and it doesn't seem like as many people are rod and reel fishing right now. Um, hard to uh, guess why. Maybe just because it's so cold and so windy, but. Uh, Whatever it is, um, the, the few guys that are going seem to be mostly targeting trout, and the action has been very good. You know, out on the Cape, 
hearing about guys. When I say very good, I mean very good for February. I should, you know, I should clarify that. Guys are working for them, but they are catching fish. The guys that are going out there and trying are catching fish, and that's sort of the uh, that's sort of the takeaway there. So out on the Cape, a lot of guys are fishing live bait. They're inflating night crawlers and you know floating them up off the bottom or fishing shiners. Uh, a few guys are doing it with lures. Then you get out, you know, into uh, Rhode Island. We've got a lot of recently stocked ponds in Rhode Island, so the bite has been a little bit better there for the guys throwing lures. So you're doing well with, you know, tins and cast masters and jerk baits and things like that. And then out in Connecticut, you know, we've got, a, you know, all kinds of different options there from the rivers uh, to the ponds to the sea forelands to the Atlantic salmon. So um, there's a lot of different ways to get it done out that way. And uh, again, the guys that are going and putting in the time are finding some fish. Last thing, of course, the Connecticut River is a really good place to fish at this time of the year. You've got a, you know, even though we got no, we have no ice, um, there's still a lot of options out there, and a lot for some whatever reason, rod and reel anglers really don't seem to take advantage of it till much later in the in the winter time or into the early spring, and uh, that's something that's always kind of perplexed me. I can't figure that out. Um, but you know, there's not a whole lot to sort of pull out of the freshwater synopsis this week. It's more just sort of illustrating that there's a, that there's a lot of fish being caught. It just the only limitation is you and uh, you know your willingness to get out here and you know realize that it's not all that cold out. So get out there and give it a try. Moving over into the regional reports now. We'll start things off with James Jukes. Just out here before work. Catching the last ice before this weather comes in. It's supposed to be 50 later in the week. Where I am right now, we got four, maybe five inches of ice, which is okay for this place. Uh, by the end of the week though, it could be sketchy. But anyways, do a little jigging. Put a couple of traps out with the leftover shiners. Good to go. Uh, over the weekend, I was out. We went a little bit north, found some browns, brooks, yellow perch, pickerel, and uh, the one brown trout I have was probably 18, 20 inches. I may have squeaked three pounds, but not sure about that. Uh, and the rest of the report up here is, is pretty good. Uh, Saturday, we had that high pressure roll in, that big bluebird sky. That always makes it a little tough, but if you stuck with it, you found some fish. Uh, there's just about all kinds of species that you can catch. Uh, the only thing I haven't heard of is any striper holdover fish at all. None up here. Uh, not sure how the Boston guys are doing, but they usually find something. Of course, they put in a lot of work, a lot of work to find those things in the holdover. Um, but anyways, Dave, that's uh, it from up here. The fishing's been good. The ice is solid. Just everybody be careful at the end of the week when this water uh, weather warms up and uh, enjoy yourselves.
next place we're hearing reports from is out on the Cape, and uh, we talked about this, you know, at length in the freshwater synopsis. We'll cover it again. The uh, freshwater fishing on the Cape has been pretty decent. The trout fishing has probably has definitely been leading the way. I have heard from a few guys that are smallmouth fishing. For whatever reason, this over this last week, the bite has slowed down a little bit. Uh, might even be the fact that the weather's a little too stable right now. Um, a lot of the best action for largemouth and smallmouth, actually, out on the Cape was happening ahead of these storms that we kept having over the, you know, over the last month or so. And since things have leveled off a little bit, the uh, bite has leveled off too. Not so great, but uh, still fish being caught. Just a lot of finesse fishing and a lot of, you know, time between bites. But um, that is an option out there. And of course, the live bait fishing for trout has been probably your best bet to get the rod bent in that region. No saltwater fishing at all that I've heard of in uh, Massachusetts waters this week. And we'll wrap things up in Massachusetts with a check-in with Roy Leva out west. Just driving around, looking at some places. Just got off the ice probably about an hour ago. Uh, things are starting to look a little sketchy, uh, as you can see. Um, edges are starting to go. Um, you're probably going to need a plank to get on some of these lakes and ponds. Uh, the ones that you can still fish. Uh, so... Word of caution, but I mean, I'm still fishing. Uh, I put a lot of miles on this week. Uh, I went out, uh, you know, Central Mass. Um, I fished uh, out here in Western Mass and all the way to the Berkshires. So from Central Mass all the way to the Berkshires and uh, almost to the New Hampshire Vermont border on the Massachusetts side. Um, you know, a lot of places that are, you know, we never had the chance for black ice to literally set up. So, uh, what's here is, is just crap. It's just frozen snow, um, which doesn't make it, you know, any better. Um, so I don't know with these warm temps coming up this weekend, I think Saturday they're calling for maybe breaking records, uh, for warmth, uh, in February. Um, I think it's, believe it's the 10th. So February 10th, uh, warmest day, uh, on record. Um, you know, none of that's going to be good for any of this ice. But uh, the good thing is that on Sunday, there's going to be a cold front that's supposed to come in. I don't know how long it's going to last for, but this is another one of those Arctic blasts. Uh, things are supposed to get down into the teens, I think. Um, so, I don't know. We might get a second round. I'm not sure. But, I mean, as far as fishing goes, it's been phenomenal if you can get out, you know. Uh, I haven't had much open water to play with, so I don't know what's going on there. But as far as ice goes, if you can get out on the ice, man, it's been it's just been really good um i mean no no fish is worth uh you know getting hurt or losing your life for but if you can safely do it um i mean you know even with the highs the lows it just the fishing continues to be really good uh panfish pike bass pickerel you know all all, all the above um obviously i've had a really good pike year this year uh I target them a little bit more after doing my homework for the last past couple of years but with that said, um, I'll have another report next week, and uh, we'll see what goes on from there. All right, stay safe. Uh, catch you guys later. Moving over into Rhode Island now, we'll start things off with TJ Kopecki. Thanks, Dave. Hey, guys. Nice to be back. Uh, you know, I had a great vacation in Florida a couple weeks ago, and uh, the weather was beautiful. I had one cold day. Did a lot of fishing. Actually, did better fishing in the freshwater than I did in the salt. Salt was a little more trashy fish. But there's tons of fish to catch and uh, lots of stuff to do in Florida. Uh, it was great. I mean, those guys fish 350, 360 days a year down there. So uh, they definitely, you can go down there and you can learn a lot from watching them and kind of trying to bring it up here. 
to fish. Uh, this week I just want to throw in uh, maybe a tip or a trick um, that I use with some of my stuff and I'm going to try and get a tip or a trick in every week when I do the report. Um, just I know fishing's a little slow and we're going to get to some reports. I do have some good reports. Um, but uh, first tip of the week is for those guys who use gulp, which I, I use a ton of gulp, um, I take this and I'll save them and I'll use them in my like to-go bag, you know, and I'll fill it up with other stuff. Don't throw them away. Uh, when you when you open these and you cut that plastic, don't peel that plastic off. You just cut that little X in the middle there and it won't leak. Uh, it's guaranteed, it's proven. I've tried it, I've tested it, I know it does. So little trick, little tip. Um, I also, if you, if, you, if you don't have any of these, I, I like to save some of my, like maybe your, you know, your old Chinese food containers. These work really good and they don't leak either. If you want to store some golf in it, um, different varieties, uh, you know, if you're going on a boat trip and you want to take a bunch, instead of bringing all of your, you know, your golf containers like this, uh, you know, or this, and once you open them, they might not seal back and they'll leak. So another little trick I do is I have this big container and I, I this was an old pretzel container that I use. It's, it's big, it's easy. I have an assortment of all kinds of gulp in there. I even throw some of my other swim baits in there just to get that flavor on there. So a little tip and trip, this, this gulp juice works on everything it does it's like buying the gulp spray that you can spray on everything so little tip for you and uh you know hopefully that goes a long way for somebody who i mean you might have seen it somewhere online in someone's youtube video somewhere um but uh hey just to keep things interesting um so for the reports uh first off i just want to congratulate jeff sullivan for that big catch uh, this week, that big white perch that he caught. Not sure if it's a record or not, but uh, man, that was that was a monster. And uh, hey, congratulations to you, Jeff. I know you're watching. Um, other than that, the obviously the the freshwater, the uh, the ponds in the East Bay, and over in uh, Aquidneck Island, uh, are great with trout. Um, Willard Ave was stocked in Riverside with trout this winter, so. Uh, if you have an opportunity to fish there, you can. So um, I tried to get out this weekend, well, this past weekend. Uh, I was really dodging some skim ice. And there's a lot of that skim ice still around. So I think after this weekend, it should be gone. It's looking like there's going to be highs in the 50s on Saturday and 50s on Sunday. So it should warm up that water and spark maybe a bite. Could be a good largemouth bite. Could be a smallmouth bass bite. Uh, so you never know, but uh, I think things are going to get a little hotter if that water warms up. So hopefully you guys can get out there and do some fishing, and um, I will catch you next week. So tight lines. Now, something we are hearing about this week in Rhode Island is, is a little blip in the, uh, you know, a little uptick in uh, holdover striped bass activity in Rhode Island. Now, Rhode Island's not like Connecticut. We don't have a Housatonic River. We don't have a Connecticut River, you know. So these fish are holed up in the salt ponds. They're up inside some of the tidal estuaries or the tidal rivers in deep holes, you know, up in coves in the bay or whatever. So the guys that, you know, know where these fish are, 
are not so willing to share exactly where they're getting it done. But the one thing I have been able to glean from the people I've spoken to is that these fish are suspending right now and they're schooled quite tightly. So it's more of a boat and kayak thing than it is a shore thing, although I'm sure some shore guys are getting in on it. But it really helps to have electronics this time of year. You can drive around, find a school of fish, and even when you find them, it doesn't mean you're going to catch them because, you know, it's February. This is the coldest, this is the time of the season when we're going to have the coldest water we see all year. And that means the fish are going to be sluggish, you know, more lethargic, and less likely to bite. It's also going to mean that you're probably going to find bites in tide, you know, in bite windows or tide windows. So it's either going to be a change of the tide that turns them on, maybe it's going to be a change in the light, like right at last light, or maybe it's going to be that time of day when the sun comes out, breaks through the clouds, and just penetrates the water column a little bit more, warms things up a little bit, and uh, and gets these fish to bite. But above all other things. Uh, whether they're suspended or sitting right on the bottom, and a lot of these fish have been suspended lately. You know, whether they're in 25 or 60 feet of water, it doesn't matter. They're staying in a certain layer of the water column. Um, but the thing that's going to make the most difference is your presentation, and you really want to. You really want to offer them a finesse presentation at this time of the year. That means downsizing everything from your rod and reel to the pound test on your braid. Um, if you're usually using 25, you're going to want to go down to like 10. And I know that seems counterintuitive to fish for striped bass with 10-pound braid, but it's going to dramatically reduce the amount of water drag on the line. And that's going to mean that your presentation is just so much better because you're going to get it down. You're not going to your bait's not going to be scoping out of the school. And honest to God, it's, you're better off not, not working the lure so much. You're going to want to almost dead stick it. You're going to want to let the water and the movement of the boat dictate how the lure moves more than you do. Sometimes that doesn't work and you do have to do a little bit more, you know, quote unquote angling. But a lot of times that, you know, almost dead bait seems to do more damage. Just a little soft plastic on the lightest jig head you can use. Get it down to their depth and, uh, you know, let the water do the rest. Uh, another thing that we're hearing about is some guys starting to go out and do a little bit more uh, prospecting for largemouth bass. This is a good time of year to get a really big one with a big swim bait or a jig and pig or something like that. Personally, I don't usually start till you know more toward the end of February. But if you guys are, you know, getting the uh, putting the oil on the old elbow and getting out there and giving it a shot, one of those guys is Jeff Sullivan, and he's going to talk about that right here. Thanks, Dave. Hey guys, this is Jeff back with another Lure of the Week, and this week I'm going to be talking to you about swim baits, early pre-spawn largemouth fishing in March, and I'm excited, I'm fired up for it, I can't wait. Um, I've been largemouth fishing all my life for 30 years, they're my favorite fish to catch of all time. Um, these the Largemouth are just special. Um, so I dedicate a setup every year this time to one thing, and that's big swim baits. Big baits and big swim baits, but especially big swim baits. Um, I mean, you can get, you can go... All over the world, you can get swim baits and um, spend all types of money on them. But I like to stick to my, you know, couple swim baits, stick to one big rod and send it. Um, so this time of year, obviously, I have the Huddleston in my hand. This Huddleston is, man, it's a can-all be-all. There's many sizes of them, many presentations, bluegills, trout, heron, all over white. Um, you know, whatever to match your forage in your lake or pond. But here in Rhode Island, I like to use... Yellow perch this time of year, especially in March. You know, the, um, the perch spawn March. They spawn first before the bluegill, and bass love to pick on these. Um, this this is a called the vortex tail. Um, it's a big boot tail that pushes a lot of water and makes a lot of disturbance inside the water. Um, and bass like to key in on that, and they just freaking choke on it. Um, you know, you got your 
weedless kytex. So in case you got to throw around grass mats, I mean, you really can use this all year round, but um, any of these baits you can use year round. So you don't have to use them in spring, but I like to use them in spring. Um, so you got your weedless presentations, big kytex, and then you got your NLBNs. As you can see, this one's been beat up on multiple times by big bass. They like to chew on them. Um, you know, NLBNs are awesome choice, um, especially in the striped bass community, in the saltwater community. I mean, NLBNs work in Florida, California, I mean, all over the world. These things, um, they have, they're just awesome. Or bigger baits. You can throw big pike baits if you want for largemouth. It's up to you. I mean, the opportunities are just endless. Um, like I said, it's easy to get overwhelmed, but don't get overwhelmed. Find what you're confident in. Um, you're going to have a lot of time. You're going to be thinking you're wasting, but you're really not. Um, you know, could happen any cast. Um, you know, there might be days or weeks you might not get any bites, but you know, the next day you start getting three, four, five bites. You know, it could happen. You just got to put in the time, put in the work, and you'll get rewarded. Um, so I want to talk about a little bit about my rod and reel setup. So my reel, I have a pen squall, low profile, um, six two to one gear ratio with the power handle, um, and fifty pound braid power pro to um, FG knot. You can do a Unity Uni or Alberto knot. I just use FG knot um, to a thirty pound fluorocarbon leader. I use the fluorocarbon strictly because I'm throwing around docks. I'm going to be throwing around boulder fields, you know, tree limbs, logs, stuff like that, some nasty stuff. So you want to be able to have line um, to really um, fight against the abrasive resistance, and that's your fluorocarbon. Um, so yeah, that's 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 my line setup. Um, I use the power handle because it just feels better. Um, I don't have this other knob in the way of my hand, you know, so I have this one handle. It's nice for cranking power. Um, it's not too fast. It's not too slow. It's just right. So it's just enough speed to pick up line for if I want to use this for frogs or if I need to really zip a bait really out there, I need to pick up line if I get blown up on, um, you know, it's just, it's a really handy, handy speed to have at 62 to one, especially for this presentation. Um, so my rod setup is a Daiwa Fuego 7.6. It, it's a, it goes up to a half ounce to three ounces. Um, it's a heavy, so you got to make sure you have the right rod for what you're throwing. Because if you don't, it's going to be a bad day. You'll break rods, you'll break line, um, your presentation will be out of whack. So you got to make sure this is like the actual dedication. You know, you have to put in to put your baits with your line and your reel. It has everything has to be perfect. Because if it's not, it won't work. Um, and especially if you're putting on all this time you know, to go out there seven, eight hours a day, chucking three ounce swim baits, you know, you want to make sure everything's right. So when you do get that chance and that, you know, time where you get bit, you want to make sure it's correct. Um, so yeah, Daiwa, this has heavy, so I can, I can really put the pressure on the fish, you know, if it's way out there and really drive that hook set in. Um, but with swim baits, you don't want to just, you know, yeah, and jaw jack them. You want to sweep the rod and just real tight. You don't want to, you don't want to, freaking hook set like you're hooking a tog or you're hooking a perch or something you know what i mean so you want to just kind of sweep into the rod and let let the rod do the work the rod will keep it pinched just keep pressure on it um so yeah um spring's around the corner i can't wait um so i'll be checking in on my green friends here in the next two three weeks and uh see if they're there if not then every other day i'll be going out and i'm excited and uh yeah so same time next week and uh, oh yeah, a little bit of a fishing report. The trout bites on fire. 
Um, if you put the time in, you will get rewarded with trout right now. Um, and the white perch, if you guys are into white perch fishing, I suggest you get out there, do it, because they're chewing. Um, I mean, they're like mini miniature stripers on light tackle. Um, you really can't beat it. It's so fun, especially this time of year when people got cabin fever, they want to go out and wet a line. Go white perch fishing. If trout's not, if you're not a trout person, guarantee you'll be white perch fisherman. Um, but hey, it's February. We're almost there. But uh, all right, guys. Same time next week. Thanks. Another thing that we've been hearing about in Rhode Island, we touched upon a little bit last week, and we'll touch upon it here again, is the cod fishing has been very slow. A uh, few of the head boats are running. They're finding a lot of bait out on the structure out there, but they're not finding a lot of codfish at all. Uh, they are finding a few choggies here and there, probably the occasional codfish. Uh, but, you know, we'll keep an eye on things for you guys, and when things start to crank back up again, as they should with all that bait out there, we'll let you know, and you can hop on one of these boats and get in on some of that action. And now to wrap things up in Rhode Island, we'll check in quickly with Captain John Lee from JL Charters. I've been very busy with the boat, getting that thing ready for the spring. If you're on the fence about buying a project boat, you know, you, you find a boat, it's a steal. There is a lot that goes into a project boat and um, it's, it's quite a bit of work. It's rewarding, but it's a lot of work. It's a lot of money. It's a lot of time. This winter, I'm putting new tanks in, fuel tanks. This boat I bought came from the Gulf of Maine, 1977. It had tanks in the gunnels called saddle tanks. And um, I remove those saddle tanks, cut the deck out, and I'm gonna, put, I'm gonna put brand new tanks under the deck, which is gonna open up my rails for rod holders. I'll be able to put stuff under there. It's just gonna really improve things for me. But um, that's work. I'm also gonna put an autopilot in and um, some other odds and ends. Anyway, all this boat work has kind of made my brain into kind of mush. I haven't thought much about fishing. I did clean up my shop and uh, I will start going through my tackle, getting that ready for the uh, spring. From mid-February on, time seems to get truncated. So start planning now because it's gonna be here. Take care. Moving over into Connecticut, we have a lot of people out looking for trout and salmon, um, and that's understandable. The state's been doing a phenomenal job this year, doing a lot of stocking. They're putting a lot of big sea frelons in. They just put those giant salmon in, 10 to 15 pounds if you missed it in the intro. Um, and, you know, that is definitely drawing a lot of people out of the, uh, you know, out of their dens to uh, do some wintertime fishing and to realize that it's not that bad. It's not that cold out here. And, uh, and the fishing can be really good, especially with recently stocked fish. They're, you know, typically very willing to bite. So uh, we're hearing a lot of guys doing that. I actually did finally see some photographic evidence of the first sea frelon that I've seen that was caught from Connecticut waters uh, over the, this winter. So that's kind of cool to see. Um, another thing that we're hearing about is, as we talked about a little bit in the freshwater synopsis, is, you know, not a, not a lot of guys are doing it, but we we have no ice on the coves of the Connecticut River, but the fish are all still there. So the few guys that are going out in the boats and fishing those areas are finding pickerel, they're finding pike, um, they're finding the occasional striped bass, they're finding some largemouth bass, smallmouth bass, calico bass, yellow perch, white perch, you know, on and on and on. There are so many species in the Connecticut River and all these coves, you know, whether it's Chapman Pond or Hamburg Cove or Weathersfield Cove or any of the other ones, uh, they are all going to hold fish. 
You can do it with little jerk baits to catch pickle and largemouth and small striped bass. You can go a little bit bigger, maybe get yourself a, a pike or a larger striper. You can fish a you know a big sucker or a big shiner under a bobber and target pike. I mean, it's really it's no different than ice fishing. It's just like ice fishing with no ice, and uh, you have an opportunity to catch some really good fish. Um, I've done it many times in my life. I highly encourage you guys to give it a shot yourselves. Um, it's definitely one of those things that's just dramatically overlooked in Connecticut, and it's a great fishery. For a little bit more on things going on in the Connecticut River region, let's toss it over now to Captain Mike Roy from Real Cast Charters. We are now two months away from the start of our striper season. We'll start fishing on April 8th, and I'm getting in some new gear. I want to show you the setup I'll be using for early spring striper fishing. Now we're fishing all small soft plastics. So these are five to seven inch finesse fishing sluggos, usually on about a half ounce shig head. So you want a lightweight rod. This is a G Loomis GCX 844 SF. Now this rod, it's, it's lightweight and sensitive what you need, but it's also a faster taper. Reason why that's important is you don't want a super soft rod because when you go to snap the jig, that too much rod flex is not going to move the jig well. Uh, you're not going to be able to set the hook well, and it's not going to cast as far. So you want a faster taper rod like these GCX inshore rods from G Loomis. These are perfect for that type of fishing. And usually a 4,000 size spinning reel. You could use a 3,000, 4,000, or 5,000. The four and 5,000 size reels from Shimano are the same bodies, just with larger spool, more line capacity, and different uh, knob configuration. So this right here is a sustained 5,000. It's spooled with 15-pound Power Pro Super Slick. You want a thin diameter braid so it doesn't create drag on the lure. You get a more natural presentation and better casting distance with thin line. And you could do... Uh, a 4,000 or 3,000, a Stratic, Vanford, or Sustain are all perfect setup for that kind of early spring fishing. So hope your winter is going well, and I'm here getting prepared for the upcoming season. And we were talking about those big salmon that they just put into the Naugatuck River. I asked Rowan Lytle to give us some insights on how to catch those fish, since that's one of his areas of expertise. So without further ado, here he is. Hey everybody, uh, so very different looking conditions through the rest of the week. A lot of the rivers in the state have dropped quite a bit, cleared up. It is mostly sunny most days, fairly warm, uh, looking at some very nice mild weather coming this weekend. So a great time to get out and fish. Uh, one of the options at the moment, the state of Connecticut has stocked out uh, some of their last broodstock Atlantic salmon of the, of the year. Uh, these are the actual broodstock, the fish that are used to uh, produce the juveniles. So they're the largest fish. There's also not very many of them. Um, so although it may seem like a fantastic opportunity to go catch out a, a bunch of freshly stocked fish, they do spread out from the stocking locations fairly quickly. Uh, and the Naugatuck was stocked already. Um, at, as of this, I don't know if the Chautauqua has been yet, but likely will be during this week um, if they haven't already. But you're going to want to cover water fairly efficiently. Uh, if you're using a fly rod, I recommend two-handed casting or... You really need to bring a good solid one hand cast and don't just stand in one spot and fish, move around. Now these, these freshly stocked salmon should be fairly grabby. The water temperatures are good for them to move and feed. So they're not just gonna sit there and, and you know, you, you might be able to get one by 
by beating it on the head repeatedly, but you're better off covering territory and moving around rather than standing in one spot and fishing hard. But uh, semi-large presentations, uh, spoons, larger flies, uh, the water's, you know, like I said, warm and they should be grabby, but they also will pack at the back of flies, so make sure your hook point is fairly close to the back of whatever you're presenting, whatever lure or fly it is. And remember, it is single free swinging hooks only, and you can keep fish, but it's just one. Uh, so bear that in mind and get out and try and catch some of those salmon. And wrapping things up in Central Connecticut, we'll toss it over now to Matt Stone from Black Hall Outfitters. What's up everyone, Matt here at Black Hall Outfitters in Westbrook with this week's fishing report. Definitely midwinter stuff, uh, but there is still a lot to do out there. There's not much ice. Uh, most of our ice has cleared up. Um, and if anything, it's around the edges and, and usually skim ice if you're trying to launch a kayak or something along those lines in freshwater. Um, a lot of panfish available, crappie, yellow perch, kind of those fish that tend to bite all winter. The old pickerel, always gonna bite all winter. Trolling small plugs, uh, low and slow, small soft plastics is a fun way to catch some fish, put a bend in the rod. Or uh, yesterday I was able to find a bunch of crappie out deep in about 30 feet of water. You can vertical jig those guys, something to do, something to enjoy your day out there. Uh, holdover bites still available, um, all the normal spots for those guys still producing. So uh, a couple more months of winter, hang in there and uh, hopefully some warmer weather soon. Going out west, there's really only two things guys are targeting here in about guys fishing some of the smaller rivers like the Mill River or the Norwalk River for trout. And you're hearing about guys hitting the Housatonic for striped bass. Uh, the trout bite has been very good, especially after we get some rain. Um, guys have been doing it with worms and mealworms and drifting shiners through some of the ripples or throwing all different kinds of artificial baits and catching. And then in the Housatonic, what I've been hearing is that it's been okay. Uh, it's, the guys are working for them a little bit more. You know, the water's colder. And the uh, weather's been a little bit more stable, which has uh, not given them as many reasons to feed. But uh, guys that are downsizing are doing well on smaller fish during the day. And then the ones that are grinding it, out, grinding it out at night are not getting as many hits, but they are finding some decent fish, you know, up into the mid-30-inch class right now. Uh, so overall, fishing in the Hoosies, not what it was in December, but it's still a viable option for anyone who wants to bend the rod. To wrap things up in Connecticut now, we'll toss it over now to Max Finch from Fisherman's World. This past week, we've seen a lot of nice stripers caught in the upper Housatonic. Again, on the soft plastics, Gravity Tackle's been number one, Lunker City. We are, we're fully stocked up in the shop on Leadhead soft plastic. The herring influx has actually picked up. I've seen, you know, seen some guys bringing them in, and then I heard Norwalk Harbor has some upper towards, you know, the Maritime Center, and then guys fishing down, you know, Calf Pasture Beach and then the sandbar near the Coast Guard Auxiliary at low tide. And I have heard of a lot more herring to our west in the Greenwich area. So that's, you know, some spots to try. And then, you know, local rivers are fishing well. We've seen some nice trout being caught <clears throat> in the Fairfield and the Mill River, the Nauk River area. But yeah, that's what's going on this past week. Thanks and good luck. And to wrap up the fishing reports, we're going to take a flight down to Costa Rica down in Cuepos and check in with Jackpot Sport Fishing. Hey guys, how's it going? This is Ben Gilmore from down here in Costa Rica at the Marina Pez Vela with this week's fishing report. Guys, the inshore fishery here right now has been really, really strong. We had some wonderful rooster fish over this the past week or two. Just the other day, we had the rooster fish tournament of the year, the Marina Pez Vela rooster fish rodeo. Thankfully, my boat, good day, was lucky enough to win the tournament. We caught eight stunning rooster fish up to almost 40 inches. So a really, really solid day for us, some really happy anglers. 
and we tagged a bunch of those rooster fish for the grey fish tag research program. At the offshore reefs, we've had some Kubera snappers, mullet snappers, and lots of action with fish like jacks and amberjacks as well. Close to the rivers, there's been some triple tail and some beautiful sized snook also. The sailfish bite offshore has been good. Some days getting up towards double digits, uh, 10, 12, 14 sailfishes a day on the, on the better days. And there's been a few blue marlin and a couple of uh, striped marlin and black marlin out there as well. Guys, check us out here in Costa Rica. This is Ben Gilmore. We'd love to see you down here fishing with us at the Marina Pez Vela. Back to you. That's what I have for you guys in the reports this week. Hopefully it's going to inspire you to get out there. If anything, you know, get out there, try to catch a fish and get in on the contest and win that plug. Um, you know, I think that's going to be a, it'd be a conversation piece if nothing else, but it'd be a cool plug to fish. And uh, you can read all about that plug in the March edition of The Fisherman when it comes out next month. So keep your eyes open for that as well. If you're not a subscriber to The Fisherman, I highly recommend you head over to our website. It's going to give you a full taste of everything we cover. We cover all the fishing from Delaware up to Maine and all fishing disciplines that you can think of from fly fishing to offshore, from surf fishing to freshwater. It's all covered. If you're still not convinced after looking at that, at the very least, give us a like and sub subscribe here on YouTube and hit that little bell thing down there so you get a notification every time we post something new. Appreciate you guys for watching and we'll see you next week.